Someone else. Someone else. It ain't about me. I don't have to preach. Megan hears enough of me. <laughs> Psalms 103, one verse, verse 13. You know, God will move if you just let him. Problem ain't him. Problem is us. If I just get out of the way, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, he, he can do wonderful things. And I really want to see him move in a big way. Not corporately, individually. I mean, in my life. And I think that will reciprocate. But Psalms 103, verse 13. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dearly, Father, we thank you. Wow, what a... Man, we can't do anything. It's just like Ronnie said. It's just wonderful uh, that you can move uh, in a way you're moving tonight. I thank you for that. Father, I know that's not me. I, I'd rather me not preach so we can just make sure we get everything out of the way. And it's just you that's lifted up. It's just your presence that we feel. Father, it's just you that that uh, that uh, we hear from. Father, as Corey Carroll used to say, if the, if the real preacher would just step in, Father, and we step out, then I believe you can get something done tonight. But we thank you for your word, for, for church. We thank you for God's people. We thank you for a presence that we can feel. Father, we're not saved by feelings. We're saved by uh, faith in your word. But it is so good that you are a God that we can feel. And especially, God, when we need to feel you. You know our hearts. You know our situations and circumstances. You know everything that surrounds our lives. And Father, you're right there in the center of it. And we appreciate that. You're a God that sure is personal. Uh, and we can't do enough but to thank you for that. Help us tonight to be a about your business. Help us tonight to preach with an unction of the Holy Spirit that once again, as we said this morning, that we would leave here closer than when we came in. Father, we truly want to we truly want to seek you tonight. I know we're only here for a few minutes and not even barely much time of consistent of our whole week, but Father, while we are here, can we make it real? Can we make it authentic? Can we actually see uh, a difference tonight? Father, we believe we can. We have that expectation in you, and I believe you're going to do it. You've already proved it thus far in the service, but we just love you, we thank you, and we praise you. In your son's name we pray, and amen. Psalms 103, verse 13 like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. I want to read that again. Now they say in the Hebrew, compassion can be translated, the root of this word for pitieth can also be translated to compassion. I hate to think of pity as God pities like you would think that we pity people. But it's not a pity in regards to an earthly type of pity that we would see pity. It is a compassion like no other. We serve a God, and I love this because it is like a father to a child. And the, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him, that reverence him, that just uh, are dependent on him. Not just a couple hours ago, literally two hours ago, I, I was sitting at the house and started to begin to work on my sermon. And a man, a gentleman messaged me, uh, lives in Oak Hill, West Virginia. I've not seen this gentleman for close to 20 years. And nowadays, you don't know who you're friends with on Facebook. I end up just accepting pretty much any of that one friend, friend request me or whatever. And it just said, hey. Now, if you've ever got a hey, typically it's a scam. You know, you say, hey, back, and they say, have you heard about this federal assistance program? And you have to report them in spam. So he says, hey, and I say, hey, back. Just kind of keeping it subtle in case it is spam. He said, how are you? I said, surely, this guy, is, it's a scam. And I said, I'm good. How are you? And he said, I'm struggling. And I need to know if you do me a favor. 
And he, I said, sure, what is it? Now, when I did know him, we were a little bit close. Acquaintances, not best friends. I pray to God he's tuning in tonight if he is. But he said, I've lost my wife. I've lost my job. I've lost my home. And I'm struggling. And I said, brother, you don't need me. <laughs> you need the Lord. I mean, I can be there to encourage him. And I can pat him on the back. I can even meet him. I told him, I said, are you ever in the area? He said, I work three days a week in Charleston. I said, here's my number. You call me. You text me. And we'll get together. And I said, I want you to know, I'm not just saying that. I mean that. And he said, really? And I said, really? <laughs> I mean that. But folks, I told Megan on the way over here, because I was showing her the conversation. I said, I'm not talking to this guy in 20 years. I don't, I've not been a part of his life. Don't know what he's been through. And here he is, in a matter of two minutes, just simply unloading everything on me. Yeah. And I appreciate the opportunity to be in ministry, where God has equipped me to be able to handle that kind of thing. But folks, they don't, he don't need me. <laughs> he needs a man. He needs a man by the name of Jesus Christ. He needs a father that pitieth, that has compassion on his children. And I can't help but to think that maybe, just maybe, sitting in an empty house, I don't know where he's at, sitting in a motel room. We didn't get into a whole lot of discussion. Hopefully he's not drinking. Hopefully he's not doing drugs. But I don't know if he's in the... Seems like he's down and out. He said, I used to have demons when I got... When I got right, those demons seemed to go away. And he said, I don't know what happens. They're, they seem like they're coming back. And we just talked for a moment. But the reality is, I don't know where he's at. But I can't help but to think that maybe he was just scrolling through his Facebook page. Saying, I don't know where to go. Don't know who to turn to. And then he just happened to come across Brad and said, here's maybe a guy. Now listen, he knows me well enough to say, I ain't got the answers. I don't think I could bring back your wife. Can't pay the down payment to get your house back. Can't get your job back, I don't think. So what is it in me that I can do for you? Folks, real quick, God said it ain't you. It's me. Folks, you have something to offer in you, and I hate to break this to you, it ain't you. It's Jesus Christ. Because we have a, we have a God... That pitieth his children. We have a Lord that pitieth them that fear him. And I'm thankful sometimes it takes being down and out. It takes those demons coming back. It takes the, the walls to fall down. And we see in the account of Job that it was after everything was stripped away. And he realized all I'm left with is God. And folks, when we get to that point, thankful that God is enough. John 15, 15 says this, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. You can do nothing. If you have children, you understand it. <laughs> if you have small children, maybe they're older now, but you can remember it. But it wears me out. When my kids try to jump on the counter to get to a bowl. Because they can't reach it on their own, so they gotta try to finick up on the counter. And I said, Don't stand on the you're standing on the cabinet drawers and everything, they're gonna bend, they're gonna break. Well, I can't reach it. Do you want me to help you? And what do they say? No. I can do it myself. Yeah, you're doing a bang up job. 
And I'll sit there and watch, and Megan will sit there and watch, and sure enough, they, they finally get a bowl down. Well, they get the cereal out, pour the cereal, more cereal goes on the counter than goes in the bowl. And then the, now, the worst part, and I know it's coming because I'm standing back there watching, to try to get a gallon of milk, especially when one's full and they just opened it, and try to pour a little bit of milk in that bowl of cereal. And I'll just say, please let me help. Please let me help. I told you I can do it myself. And sure enough, they make a mess. And they'll look at me, and I'll look at them, and I'll say, now can I help? And they just say, yes, Daddy. And the, what I could do is to say, no, enjoy your misery, enjoy the mess you made. But I'll usually say, because I love my children, I will today. <laughs> Megan's probably saying, actually, what we will say is, yeah, enjoy your misery. No, but I, if I think about how God treats us, he says, just step back, I'll clean it up, and I'll get you a bowl of cereal. That's the God we serve. A father who has compassion for his children. Turn with me to John chapter 5. Because let me just say this tonight as you're turning there. I wrote it in my notes. <laughs> Salvation and peace and joy that comes through Jesus Christ is like that bowl that is just above your reach. <laughs> you cannot get to it. And if you try to get to it, you will just make a mess of getting to it. But if we allow the Father to bring us that which we need, joy and peace and salvation. He will say, listen, I can do it for you and I can prevent you from making a mess attempting to do that which you cannot do on your own. If only we'd learn that the easy way. As I said this morning, the solution is simple. It's just not easy. But John chapter 5, we see this. And, and I think I need to be face to face with this gentleman that messaged me. And I worry, and I know Megan worries me, because one time I don't know this guy for 20 years. He could be out there. But I'm going to put myself out there for a simple fact that I think Jesus Christ is going to do something in this individual's life. And I think we've got to do it. But I'm going to tell him, and if hopefully he'll call me tonight, and I might try to, he didn't give me his number, I just gave him my number. But if he calls me tonight, I'm going to say, listen, the answer is not me. You need someone who can actually do something. You need someone who can... <laughs> That can do a miracle in your life. Because I'm telling you, this guy needs a miracle. And there's a word out there that is looking for a miracle. But the problem is, they're looking for man to do it. And every time, just out of reach. And they just make a mess. And man lets people down. Man can't give them what they thought they could. But Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, he can make a difference. John chapter 5, starting at the beginning of the chapter. And after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. Impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting, for the moving of the water. 
For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there. Let me just stop right there. I'm so thankful that God sometimes doesn't give a name. And it just says a certain man. Now you can insert certain woman because I think the situation is the same. But sometimes when it's so vague, I can't help but to think maybe it's just me. Maybe God's saying, you're that certain man. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. 30 and 8 years. Man, that's a long time. You're telling me in 30 and 8 years, not one person can make the difference that he needed to release him from that infirmity. No, I'm telling you. If he could have gotten better, he, could, he would have. But no one could do what this man needed to be done. And I guarantee it comes to a point in your life where you give up and say, I've been this way so long, there's no hope for me, there's no turning back, there's no laying this down, there's no church service, there's no counselor, there's no therapist, don't give me that stuff about the Bible, I don't need to hear that, I'm a lost cause. I've been this way for as long as I can remember. Impotent, halted, withered. And a certain man was there and he had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie, like a father pitieth his children. What a mess he was in. Could have left him there. What caused you to get here? Why are you here? Why are you down and out? I don't know if you know this or not, but God's God. <laughs> he don't have to do anything. That's right. But the God that I serve is a good God. Amen. The God that I serve is like a father. You know, all those names in the Old Testament, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, all those, and yet Jesus comes on the scene and says, Father. <laughs> to me, I don't know about you, but I love the Old Testament. And I can probably read more Old Testament than I can read New Testament. But there's something about Father that just changes the whole game for me. I know He's God. I know He's the God of protection. He's the, he's the God of, of all these things. I know that. But to be a Father is something that we can relate to. Now, there, you might be here tonight and you say, yeah, but when I think of Father, uh, man, I just think of letdown. I just think of baggage. I just think of relationships that have been broken and crumbled. That's your problem. You're talking about man. I'm talking about God. This God, this Jesus, is a Father that pitieth that has compassion for his children. When Jesus saw him lie and knew <laughs> that he had been now a long time in that case. Folks, listen. I said it this morning. I'll say it again. He's been watching. And you may think he's been silent. You may think that he's forgotten you. You may think that he's been ignoring your prayers. I tell you with utmost certainty, he absolutely has not. Amen. <laughs> he is there and he's watching you. And he hates it as much as you hate it. Lying in that condition of infirmity. And I don't know what it is. 
But I know we're all going through something. And this gentleman, I, I, sometimes I, I look at my problems and the gentleman that reached out to me, and I said, man, God, I know I've been complaining. I know I'm going through stuff, but this guy, man, he's down and out. But for some reason, we have this mentality of God as a man that he can only handle one case of time. Well, God, you forget about me for a while because this guy needs you more. That's not the God I serve. That God says, I'm going to take care of your need, and I'm going to take care of his need, and I've got plenty of room to take care of your need. And he knew that he'd been there a long time in that case. And he saith unto him, what a stupid question. I'm going to be honest. What a stupid question. He was trying to prove a point here, obviously. And I'm not saying God's word stupid. But on the carnal side, look what he says. Wilt thou be made whole? Yeah. Sure. Let me ask this question. If I reach out to this guy, let's just say I talk to this guy. We meet face to face. And I say, I think the answer to your problems is you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's funny, but beggars cannot be choosers. Remember that old quote? Beggars can't be choosers. We tell our kids that all the time, too. Yeah. We want to eat here, we want to eat here. Are you paying the bill? <laughs> no? All right, you're going to eat what we eat. <laughs> you know? It's going to be a steakhouse, it's going to be Taco Bell, it's going to be Easy Mac, whatever. Because beggars cannot be choosers. And I want to tell you right now, if Jesus Christ is the answer to your infirmity, to get you out of that state that you've been in for 38 years, why in, one, why in any capacity would you complain at all? Right. I'd say this, I'll give it a try. What else do I got to lose? And this gentleman who had been in this state, Jesus saw him in this state, saw him in the case that he was in, had compassion on him, and comes and asks him, Hey, I just want to know, before we figure all this out, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? I'm telling you folks, I don't know a lot of things. Sometimes I'm as dumb as rocks and I stick my foot in my mouth more times than, than I should. But I know one thing. Jesus Christ can fix the situation that you're in. You, if you just get out of the way, he can fix the situation that you're in. Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man. I love that too. His identity wasn't what was wrong with him, but he could have so quickly been changed. I believe if the answer would have been yes, the next verse wouldn't have said impotent man anymore. Would have said completely healed man. I'm not sure. But he answers and said, Sir, I have no man. You're daggone right you don't. <laughs> You're daggone right you don't. And thank God you don't have a man. Because they've been coming to this pool every day. Every season that supposedly the angel comes and stirs the water and whoever gets into it gets healed and they've not done a thing for you. But let me give you something real quick. I'm not a man. <laughs> I am God and I'm telling you, I can do what no man can do. That is our problem. We've put our trust and even when it comes to religious things, church things, corporately, we've put so much emphasis on man. Right. And we're sitting here in the case we're in. You put your faith in man, that's what you're going to get. Now, once again, I'm thankful this gentleman reached out to me. But if he was really coming to me 
and I wasn't in a situation that I know God's word and I know that it ain't about me and it's about him. And I'm telling you that I can't change. I can't make a difference in this guy's life. But I know that Jesus can. But for a second, if he actually thinks I had the answer in me, he's got another thing coming. My answer is that I can't help you. That's what I'm going to say to him. I can't help you. Well, wait a minute. Thought you wanted to meet. Thought you gave me thought. Thought you were going to help me out. Get me out of this position, this situation I'm in. I'm just telling you, I cannot help you. But I can tell you one who can. I have no man. Why? Why would that be his answer? The question was, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made whole? I have no man. Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step is down before me. All the reasons why not. And not the reason why. People have every reason to not accept and trust Jesus Christ. Every reason not to. But they never talk about the reason why to. <laughs> you ever think for a second that maybe God can do a work in your life? You know, do you ever think for a second that maybe, just maybe, this word is true? Yeah. Do you ever think for maybe just one second that there is something more to this life Amen. and the life to come? Talk to a guy today. Not the guy I was talking to. Talk to a guy today and he said, I can't help it. <laughs> we say it all the time. Uh, reading the news, watching the he said, what do you think about all this? He said, I think you better be ready. <laughs> I think the Lord's coming back. I mean, what do you mean to tell you? Let me lie to you? Won't do you any good. I can lie to you. And you can change the truth of God's word. You know? And I can lie to this guy. And say, yeah, I can help. But I'd be lying to him. But Jesus Christ isn't man. Jesus Christ says this in verse 8. Simply, no no hesitation, no reservation. There's no fear in it. There's nothing. I mean, he just took it all down to the nitty-gritty and just said, rise. Rise. Take up thy bed and walk. I know. You say it can't be that easy. It can't be that simple. Jesus Christ cannot take a situation that had been 30 and 8 years in the making and fix it in just five words. I'm telling you, you don't know my God. I've seen addicts lay their life down. Delbert just shared a testimony. The gentleman came in drunk, radically got saved at the altar, and got up sober. I can't make that up. AA can't do that. But Jesus can. I'm telling you, you can have a situation in your marriage, in your finances, in the way you think about God. For, and then have it all your life. And I'm telling you, in one little touch from the master's hands, he can change it all. Amen. Don't, the problem is you're taking my word for it. You're taking my word for it. You need to take his word for it. Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately. Man, that's so good. It's, you know, exceedingly abundantly over. He could just stop. It's enough that maybe the guy would walk, but it says, and immediately the man was made whole. Yeah. 
What was the question that he asked him? Did he let him down? He didn't say, well, he got up with a limp. It took him a little while for his ankles to get the string. It says immediately he was made whole. The problem, folks, is not God. The, folks is, the problem is man. There is nothing. Draw a blank line and say to yourself, okay, here is what God cannot do. And I'll tell you, that's not the God I serve. And I know every single one of you, not just this gentleman that reached out to me, every single one of you has a situation that you're in that maybe you've been in for a day, a week, a month, or for years. And can I tell you tonight, Jesus Christ sees you lying there in your case. And he is a father that pitieth his children. Whether you made the mess or someone else made the mess for you, it doesn't matter. He wants to clean it up. He loves you. Unbelievably. He is so concerned with your life. Here's the real problem. Sometimes God is more concerned about my life than I'm concerned about my life. Isn't that crazy? If anybody should be concerned about the mess that I made, it should be me. But sometimes I make a mess and I just sit there and wallow in it. And Jesus is the only one that's concerned. Comes to right where I'm at. And says, you know I can fix this. (laughs) You can't fix this. This has been going on for a long time. In fact, he doesn't even say, I can fix this. He just says, do you want me to fix it? Do you want me to fix it? How about this? Next time that you have a problem and the Holy Spirit tells you that he can fix it, instead of thinking about it and rationalizing it and trying to make sure you get all the logical equations and the steps that it's going to take, how about you just respond by this? Yes, please. Thank you. (laughs) I sure like to see you do something that I know I haven't been able to do on my own. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And the same day was the Sabbath. My question this evening is how long are you going to wait? Till your house gone? Till your wife's gone? Till your job's gone? And that's just one situation. But I'm telling you, this is probably not the first day that God has said, I can help. He's been there from the beginning. That's right. Amen. And if you would just turn it over to him, he's willing to help right now. But for some reason, we have every reason to say, well, I guess I'll just wait. How long are you going to keep waiting? How long are you going to keep trying it on your own? And how long are you going to allow another man, another person, this world to let you down? Man is not in the miracle business. I hate to break your heart. (laughs) When we anoint people, the first thing I say, because it's just embedded in my head, it's not about the oil. It's not about my hands. It's only in obedience to what your word says through your spirit that this is going to get done. If it's about me and my thumb and that oil, listen, it's just oil and this is just flesh and blood. But what I believe can work is when God takes over. One more verse and I'm going to have Sonny and Rob come up and get ready to give us a 
another an invitation here. If I had to come to grips with some things in my life, God will never harm me. I can't say that about anybody. I've seen good marriages turn ugly, literally at each other's throats. I've seen that. I've seen parents after children and children after parents and siblings. I've seen church people who have loved each other with an agape type of love and the world gets involved and it's just been wrecked and destroyed. And I've seen everything that I thought would never happen. But I can tell you something that will never happen. God will not harm you. He will not. I assure you that God will not harm you. He'll never hurt me. He'll never make me do anything or put me through something that it will not allow me to draw or not want me to draw closer to him. I'm telling you, every bad situation you're in, according to Romans 8, 28, is working it to, to be for the better, for the good. Why? That I may depend on him more, just as a father would, a child would depend on his father. Matthew chapter 7. I just got verse 11, but I just still led to read the whole thing. Verse 7. Just Delbert said it in his prayer. Ask, and it shall be given you. A father that pitieth his children. James says, you have not because why? Because God can't do it. God's not good. God's not all-powerful. No, that's not what James says. James says, you have not because you ask not. <laughs> if you don't start looking at him like a father, he can't look at you like a child. If you're going to keep on, for whatever reason, saying, I'm just going to keep doing it on my own. 38 years, how's that going for you? Still sitting one step away from the pool. Jesus comes to the set and says, forget the pool. <laughs> just take up your bed. <laughs> we'll cut out all the wet clothes and everything. You want to walk? I can make you walk. You ain't got to do nothing. About that pool, steps, any man that comes down. Has to do with the one who's standing right here, right next to you, and asking you the question, do you want to be made whole? He can do it. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Ask your father if he could pour you a bowl of cereal, and there won't be any on the counter. <laughs> no dripping, sticky cabinets for the next three days. Please, for one moment. Give me an amen. Let God do a work and stop making a mess out of the situation. Amen. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. Man, that's good. <laughs> that's not man. Man can't do that. I can't do that. God can do that. And everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Of what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more? Not less. <laughs> Not less. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Yes. Amen. Folks, tonight, listen. 
<coughs> you don't have a man fighting for you. You have a God. Now Jesus Christ was 100% man for a simple purpose. That he had to come wrapped in flesh. That he may pay a sin debt that was on your head. That's the kind of father that you serve. That he could have left us in our mess. In our sin state. But he said I'll do what needs to be done. And he sent his only begotten son. In the likeness of man. To go and die a death that we deserve. That's a good God. <laughs> but that ain't no... Folks, listen, that's the heart of the relationship. But man, I'm telling you, he just keeps on giving. It would be enough if he would have saved my soul from the devil's hell. And then just said, now you're on your own. Good luck. But he doesn't. He says, every situation that you have, every circumstance, every infirmity, everything that you might feel impotent, whole, withered, <laughs> I can take care of it. But folks, tonight I just want to say this. No one else can do that. No one else can save your soul. No one else can do a miracle that you need to be done in your life. But that's not bad news. That's good news. Because Jesus can. So I just want to ask you tonight. That will you be made whole? If you have a situation, I just want you to pray about it. This altar is open. We can social distance. We got our masks on. That's fine. But if you need an answer to a situation in your life... If you come to me, I love it. I'll sit and listen to you until you're blue in the face. But I'm going to tell you the same answer every single time. It's going to take Jesus. It's going to take Jesus. And I'm not saying that as a cop-out. I'm saying that as a guarantee. That God can do a work that you need to be done in your life. So as Rob comes gets, listen, if you've got to come pray, don't wait. You're going to have every reason. Just as that man for 38 years, I'll just wait till tomorrow, maybe it'll get better. It's not, it's going to get worse. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Spent all her money to all the physicians, and it says in the Word that she didn't just get better, it didn't just stay the same, she actually got worse. And I can't help but think, God might allow that to happen until you finally say, make eye contact, this is my kids, make eye contact with me. And finally God's going to say to you, now can I help you? He's asking you tonight. He's saying that to you. He's reaching out to you tonight. As a father which pitieth his children. Now can I help? Can, I, can you give me one chance? Can I, can I do what you are unable to do? You're out of reach to achieve that which, to grab hold of that which you're looking to grab hold of. Let him have it. Let him have it. As a child would give it to their father tonight as we sit.